Hello everyone and welcome back. This is the Mindfulness with Art podcast and I am so excited to have you here with me. Um, my name's Art and I'm, I'm just excited to talk about mindfulness. It's like, you know, I love to do this and I do it every single day for you here. Um, so today I wanted to review just a few uh, real basic uh, ways in which mindfulness can be practiced, okay? Um, as you heard me say before, um, you know, mindfulness is essentially non-judging moment-to-moment awareness, okay? Um, so there's some really interesting science behind what happens when we're present with something as opposed to not present with something, and this is really tied into what we're talking about with um, with mindfulness, okay? So the extended definition, I don't know if you remember me saying, uh, by John Kabat-Zinn is to pay attention in a particular way, on purpose, in the present moment, non-judgmentally, okay? So the way that gets applied to our everyday lives is um, is being present with things in the sense that we're not, you know, we're not doing one thing and thinking about something else, okay? I, uh, <clears throat> I study a lot with a, a brilliant doctor named Dan Siegel, Dr. Dan Siegel. He's, uh, he's, he's just an amazing guy. He's written several books, um, and he's, he's got his own science behind all this stuff. But anyway, one of the uh, seminars I recently um, attended with him, he was talking about the act of taking a shower, Okay, now taking a shower is something that I try to encourage my clients to do mindfully, which means um, so when you when you want to be present with taking a shower, that means that you're going to be, you know, paying attention in the present moment, um, non-judgmentally, on purpose, um, uh, to the to the sounds that the water is making. You're going to pay attention to the different temperatures that, you know, as, you're, as your skin warms up in the hot shower, you're going to pay attention to that, that warming uh, sensation. You're going to pay attention to the, the steam in the room. You're going to pay attention to the, um, the this feeling of the soap on your skin and the, and the feeling of how it changes when the soap washes off your skin, okay? This is what it means to be present with taking a shower. Now, Dan Siegel, um, and this is right from the transcript that he talked about. Um, he, uh, let me read it to you specifically. Uh, I have it right here. Pardon me. Um, so he talks about, um, so presence actually leads to habit. Now, again, this is a quote directly from the transcript of a seminar that I attended with him a few months ago. Presence actually leads to happiness, Dan Siegel says. When they do a path analysis of the correlation of you being happy and you being present, they are able to determine, and it's very clear, that it isn't just that you're happy so you're present, it's that you're present and that makes you happy, okay? I bring that up because he followed that up by talking about the shower. And he says that um, even if you are in the shower thinking about an upcoming trip to Maui, <laughs> okay, which should be nothing but happiness, right? That that thinking about that while you're in the shower is going to make you less happy than thinking about the shower while you're in the shower, okay? And that is basically the epitome of mindfulness, okay? Now, again, a lot of people, I've, I've discussed this before in this podcast, um, you know, a lot of people conflate meditation and mindfulness, okay? Now, meditation and mindfulness absolutely complement each other. 
And there's not a mindfulness teacher alive, I don't think, who would tell you that you don't need to do at least some meditation every day, but it's not hours. It's not even, you know, more than 10 minutes is not necessary, okay? But the key is when you want to live in mindfulness and you want to benefit from all of the amazing things that can happen to your, your, your physically and mentally and emotionally, in mindfulness practices, it means just being present with all of the things that you're doing in your life. Okay. So, and if you can do it a hundred percent of the time, you're going to feel, you know, amazing results. Now that's not easy. Um, you know, almost nobody can do it a hundred percent of the time, but that's the goal. And so, so what that means is like, I was just saying, like when you're in the shower, for instance, you want to be present with taking a shower, okay? You you know if you if you listen to the 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 sound of water in the shower, for instance, right? There's there's like so many different areas that the water is coming out. You got this the water rushing out of the shower head that's that's hitting your back or or your your face or what have you, and that makes a sound, right? Then there's there's the sound of the drips of water as it runs off your elbows and your you know different parts of your body. <clears throat> Pardon me. There's also the sounds of the water that's still dripping out of the faucet below, right? Because nobody's faucet really, you know, completely seals that way. There's always a little drip, right? Then there's the sound of the of the you know the water hitting the the um, the drain and going down there, right? And these are all different sounds that are made, and you can be so present with all of these sounds. <laughs> and once you start really paying attention to them, you realize how deep it is and how rich of experience all these things are. Like there's literally probably twenty different sounds of water at any given time during a shower. So that's, you know, just so many opportunities to be present with that, okay? Other ways you can be present with taking a shower are, um, you know, feeling the steam in the room, right? Like the steam builds up slowly and you can notice it, right? Like you can, you can be there with it and notice it filling the room with steam as opposed to just sort of, you know, at the end of your shower, you're thinking about, you know, <laughs> throughout your shower, you're thinking about all the different things that you have to do at work tomorrow or, or you're thinking about, you know, uh, something that happened at work earlier today or, or something that happened with your kids that upset you or something. And and by the time you're done, you're like, wow, look how steamy it is here, right? So that would be not mindful. To be mindful with taking a shower and to be present with taking a shower would be to not think about all those different things, but to really pay attention to how the steam builds up in the room as you're taking a shower, okay? And again, like Dan Siegel just said, <clears throat> or he didn't just say it, he said it a few months ago, um, <laughs> in sometime in 2018, um, you know, the, the idea is that it's going to actually increase your happiness, okay? And not only does it do that, but it also, um, it benefits you on, um, on physical and physiological levels on ways that are just really hard to quantify in just the short time I have here. Um, tomorrow I'm going to get into a, another example of um of ways in which this stuff benefits you but but suffice to say that even there's one study that was done in uh 2003 I believe it was of just a bunch of people working in an office and when they were trained in mindfulness the way that I'm talking about right now for 8 weeks okay after 8 weeks <clears throat> the the active group and a control group in this experiment were all given a flu shot and 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 at the end when they when they 
were given the flu shot, the people who were in the active group who had gone through eight weeks of mindfulness training developed more antibodies to the flu virus than the control group. Okay. Now, if that's not blowing your mind, I don't know what will. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so it's really about, you know, again, it's not just about meditation, even though some meditation is very important. It's about being present with all these things. Okay. So I want to go over a quick list with you of things that I train my own clients with on how to be more present with their activities. Now, Full disclosure, my mentor and teacher told me not to mess with people's showers. <laughs> and so I do anyway because I think it's a great option opportunity to practice mindfulness. But it's totally understood if it's something that you don't, you know, some people feel like, <clears throat> you know, in the shower is when I get to work things out in my mind. I get to think about all the things that went on today and, and that's when I do it and I'm not going to change. And that's fine. <clears throat> all right. Like I said. There's very few people who can do it 100% of the time, right? But if you're into it, <clears throat> pardon me, if you're into it, it's worth trying out, okay? But there's lots of other, I mean, basically any activity you have, you can use uh, as, a, as, a, uh, as an object of mindfulness, okay? So I'm going to go through this little list that I use with my clients. Um, so the first one is washing dishes. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, washing dishes is a great way to to practice mindfulness because you know you can really be present with all the different things that are happening. Okay, you have the the temperature of the water. You have the the sounds of the you know the water hitting a plate as opposed to the water hitting the the steel or the ceramic uh, sink below. You have the the clinking and clanking of the different utensils as you move them around. Um, you can feel the the different texture as you as you wipe the food off of a plate with the sponge you can feel the texture of the sponge itself you can feel the you know when when the when the soap starts running out and you have to re-soap up your sponge you know you feel that difference like it starts drying out it has more friction to the the plates whereas when you put a lot of soap on it's more slippery okay so so noticing these things is what makes mindful dishes you know which was makes that a thing of mindfulness. Now, here's the thing though. Um, just like when you're in, you know, formal meditation and you're sitting there focusing your, your attention on your breath as you're, as you're sitting there with your eyes closed, you know, everybody's mind wanders sometimes during that, that period. Okay. And it's when you realize that your mind has wandered and you gently and non-judgmentally bring it back. Okay. It's really key that you do this gently and non-judgmentally. But when you go through that process of realizing that your mind has wandered and then bringing it back, that's the practice of mindfulness. And that's where you're developing a mental habit. It's the same thing as going to the gym and doing curls. Okay. The more curls you do, the bigger your biceps are going to be. The more times your mind wanders, you realize it and you bring it back, the more you're going to create neural pathways that are part of neuroplasticity that I discussed here a few weeks ago um, that are going to create a mental habit of mindfulness, which is going to create more happiness and more effectiveness in your life. It's going to give you a better um, understanding of what's happening in your body. It's going to give you a better sense of your emotions, a more clear view of your emotions. And most of all, it's going to allow you to be more patient and more clear thought, clear thinking so that you can 
operate whatever it is you're doing in your life, you can do it better. Okay, again, when you I discussed this a, a few episodes ago, when you can be present with what you're doing, you are then the best version of you that you can be. Okay, um, so that's what we're talking about here. So, so when you're doing the dishes mindfully and you realize that you're not thinking about the sponge in your hand or the soap or, or all these things that I just named, but instead you're thinking about, um, you know, something that you have to do at work tomorrow morning, that's when you can just gently say, oh, look at this, my mind wandered, <laughs> no big deal. Let me just bring it back and let me focus on what's happening in front of me in the dishes. And that is the practice and that is the improvement and that is the benefit that you're going to get. Okay, so so it's it's almost like a good thing when your mind wanders because it's like that's the chance to practice and that's the chance to improve and that's the chance to to really get some real amazing benefits out of what it is that you're doing, okay? And, and you know, not what it is that you're doing, but, but getting benefits of mindfulness, which are, again, they're physical, physiological, uh, psychological, <laughs> emotional, and in every way. And, you know, they're going to increase your sense of empathy. They're going to cr- increase your, you know, your ability to, to, you know, develop emotional intelligence and monitor your own emotions and understand other people's emotions. It all comes through this. Okay, so I can't stress to you enough how how important and how valuable some of these things are. Okay, or all of these things that I'm talking about. Um, <clears throat> so I covered showering. Uh, the washing dishes is is a great one. Uh, walking is a fantastic way to be mindful. Um, you know, Thich Nhat Hanh, the Zen master, uh, talks about uh, walking meditation. He says, you know, when you do walking meditation, you want to walk as though you're kissing the ground with your feet. Okay, so which is just so beautiful. So instead of just stomping down the street to get where you're going, you know, you, you want to just really feel your feet sort of roll along the roll along the floor or the street or wherever you, you are. Um, you know, you can also sense like if you're inside somewhere, you know, you walk from one room to another, sense the different temperatures in each each room that you go, sense the different sounds, sense, you know, how does it sound in a hallway versus a an office? office, right? Um, you know, you can, you can really be, you can go deep on all this stuff. Okay. Um, so that would be the, the walking meditation. Um, you know, basically any of these things, if you, if you want to just get sort of a, a rule of thumb of how to do something mindfully, <clears throat> I'm going to go back to Thich Nhat Hanh now. He says that when you, when you're going to wash dishes, if you're going to be mindful about washing dishes, you want to wash the dishes to wash the dishes not to wash the dishes so they become clean, okay? Again, part of mindfulness is about being present in the moment, which means that you're not hooked into the outcome of what it is you're doing. You're really paying attention to what it is you're doing, okay? So walking would be the same thing. Don't think about getting to that place, you know, if you're walking down to the corner store, don't think about getting to the store. Think about every step along the way. And that will keep you present with what you're doing, okay? Um, One really tricky one is checking your phone and social media, right? So um, the way that that would work in mindfulness is to um, basically be intentional about it. Okay, so so when you're when you're checking your phone and social media, you don't want to be like talking to people. You don't want to be listening to somebody talk and then check your phone. Right. Because that, again, that's dividing your attention. That's the same thing as being in the shower and thinking about Maui. And it's going to make you less happy.
happy and it's not going to practice your mindfulness and it's not going to, you know, help you in a lot of ways. Now, listen, some people, you know, again, you don't have to do all of these things, at least not at first, but, um, but the more that you can do, the more practice you're going to get and the more you're going to feel the benefits of these various things of the, you know, the, the benefits of mindfulness that I've discussed and I'm going to discuss more. Um, so cooking is another great one. Uh, when you're cooking, you know, there's, there's so many aromas that are happening as you're cooking and so many different sounds. Like you could have the, the sound of a boiling pot over here on this burner. You could have the sound of a sizzling something frying in this burner, you know, going on at the same time. And, and when you really start to pay attention to it, you can, you really are able to develop a higher sensation of it so that you can sort of, you know, you can hear the two things together, but you can differentiate them at the same time. And it becomes really, really fascinating when you're, when your mind can do this. <laughs> and it also, <clears throat> pardon me again, it increases your level of perception and just makes you better at whatever you're doing. Okay. And, you know, again, I can't tell you enough how beneficial this stuff is. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's only when, I covered this a couple of weeks ago too, that it's only when you find yourself reacting to things differently or responding to things differently, I should say, that you you realize that um, that the mindfulness is working, right? It's not like all of a sudden, you know, like you, you see a difference or you, you, you hear a difference in yourself. It, it, it takes, it's only when you're interacting with things that normally would be doing one thing and now you're doing something else that you realize, wow, look at this, look at me. I, I, this is crazy. Where'd this come from? Um, <clears throat> and that's where it gets really, really exciting. So, um, <clears throat> so anyway, those are a few things. There's plenty of others. Um, if you're cleaning a room in your house, for instance, again, don't clean to get the room clean, clean to clean. And, you know, really be present with every one of your kids' socks or toys that you pick up off the floor and put into the hamper. Um, you know, be, be present with, you know, with, with dusting or with, with uh, you know, wiping down tables and counters and stuff like that. You know, don't be thinking about, you know, what you have to do when you're done. Don't rush through it either. You know, just sort of be present with it, you know, and, 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 and really, you know, acknowledge the fact that you're doing this and you're doing it to do it for the sake of doing it. And by, by doing that, you're going to increase your level of mindfulness and it's going to really help you. Um, <clears throat> another great one is brushing teeth. Um, you know, you, you'd want to feel the difference of the texture of the toothpaste as it foams up in your mouth. You would want to listen to sounds of like, you know, like the sound of the toothbrush on the outside of your top teeth versus the inside of your bottom teeth. There's an enormous difference in sound there. You can, you can be present with that. You can feel the bristles of the toothbrush as they go from your tooth to your gum and, and, you know, and, and feel it like in a circular motion versus a back and forth motion versus an up and down motion. You know, you can be really present with each of these things. And these are all ways to practice mindfulness. Okay. And they're, they're free and they're easy. They do not take any more time out of your day and they give you the same benefits that, you know, that sitting in meditation for hours and hours and hours would do. Okay. I mean, not quite the same, but it's, it's very similar. Um, 
commuting is another one and, and exercising as well. You know, so many times when we get on a train or, you know, or when we're working out of the gym, you know, we pop the headphones in or we put something to read on the, you know, on the exercise bike or, or when you're on, on the train, you know, you pop your headphones in, you take out the newspaper or the crossword puzzle. And it's like the train doors close, you get into your own little world and then the train doors open and all, all of a sudden you're in this whole different place. Right. So, so I often suggest to people that they, you know, at least, on one leg of their trip or, or maybe a, one day a week, you know, they, they, they don't do all that, you know, leave the newspaper at home, leave, leave it in your bag, you know, don't, don't read the newspaper while you're on the train, but instead pay attention to, you know, to, to the, the transmission of, or the transportation of you going through the time and space. Okay. Because, you know, again, it's so crazy that like I used to commute from a place called Beacon, New York into Grand Central Station. Now Beacon, New York is this quiet little, cute little town in the Hudson Valley. And I'd be sitting on the, on the train platform next to the Hudson river with, you know, birds and, and beautiful wildlife. And it was just this beautiful setting. I would get on the train and I get into my newspaper and, and my iPhone and stuff like that. And then the next thing I knew I was in grand central station and it was like so different from what I had been, you know, and I didn't know how I got there almost, you know, it was just like, it was like a, a time warp of some sort, you know, but that's not really how it happens, right? It, it happens gradually because it's 60 miles on a train, right? So you're, you're, you know, you're going through 60 miles of, of, you know, of riding a train. You can pay attention to that. Okay. You can feel the, the rhythm of the, of the train wheels. You can feel the gentle rocking back and forth. You can, you can sense other people on the train. You can get a feeling that you are among other human beings. You can, you know, watch the, the landscape go by. And, and really get a sense of the different miles that are going by as you're as you're traveling. Um, you know, these are all ways in which to practice mindfulness without, again, without adding any extra anything to your life. You're literally just doing the same things that you do. You're just doing them a little differently. <clears throat> Pardon me. Speaking of the gym, I was just at the gym, so I'm a little, <clears throat> I don't know, I think I'm coming down with some sort of cold. So pardon me for my... Uh, um, my uh, clearing my throat. Um, <clears throat> the the last one on my list here is is eating, and uh, eating is a great one. And it's actually uh, John Kabat-Zinn in his mindfulness based stress reduction clinic. Um, when he gets a new patient in um, or a new group of patients in, the first thing he does is gives them a few raisins. Put, to put in their hand. And <clears throat> before they put them in their mouth, what they're instructed to do is to look at them for like five minutes. Okay. And what they're doing when they're looking at them is they're, they're examining the different color tonalities. Like a lot of us think like a raisin is just the color of a raisin, right? It's like purplish brownish color. And that's what it is. Right. But if you really look at a raisin, you notice that with every little wrinkle and every little surface on the raisins, uh, on the raisin, it's got a different little a little tonality different of color and and what you can do is then you can hold it up to the light and you can see that some pieces of it some areas are translucent where others are are opaque right and you can you know you can feel the weight of it as you roll it around in your palm right and so he has people spend five minutes doing that then they put it in their mouth for another few minutes roll it around their tongue you know feel the texture of it you know of 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 
the, the raisin in different parts of your mouth. And then finally they bite into it and they feel the difference in the texture as the, as the inside juices come out. And it's like it goes from this warm, hard thing to this soft, cool thing. And, and this alone is a great, you know, great exercise in mindfulness. So what I tell people is when you're sitting down to eat something, <clears throat> you know, pay attention to the, the textures of your food. Pay attention to the different colors, okay? Um, you know, pay attention to different temperatures on a, on a plate. Like, you know, you might have a salad that's got something warm in it. You know, there's, there's going to be an interplay of the different temperatures that way, right? You can, you can pay attention to the aromas that are happening. Um, <clears throat> you know, you can really, you know, uh, textures are a great way, just like the, the raisin. So if you take a bite, you know, you, you might have areas of your, of your meal that are crunchy, where you have other areas that are real soft and, and, you know, and not crunchy. And then you can play around with like combining different areas. Like, like what happens when I put, you know, two crunchy pieces on my fork and a soft piece? What, what does that feel like? And, and really pay attention to that as you're chewing it. Um, you know, and, and, you know, and one thing that this does usually is slows everything down, which is also really good for you, right? Like, you know, it'll slow down your eating, you know, but so many of us tend to like say, okay, well, I'm going to eat my lunch. So I'm going to take the newspaper out or I'm going to take my phone out. And I'm going to look at Facebook while I'm eating. And when you're doing that, it's just the same thing as I was saying before with the, the being in the shower and thinking of Hawaii. You're, you're dividing your attention. And when you're dividing your attention, you're, you're creating problems for yourself on a physiological level. And certainly you're taking away your happiness. Okay. So that's what I got for you today. Uh, I hope all that is helpful. Um, <clears throat> Pardon me again for clearing my throat so many times. It's not a very professional podcast uh, technique. But um, yeah, as I've told you, I'm committed to doing one of these every single day. And so that's the one for today. Um, I'll be back tomorrow with um, um, a couple more. And there's, uh, believe me, I got plenty to talk about. So, uh, so yeah, so this is like day, I think, 15 or 16 out of 365. So you ain't seen the last of me. <laughs> um, so aside from that, I just want to close by saying thank you again for coming and listening to this. I really, really appreciate it. Um, and, uh, and aside from that, I wish you well, my friends. Take care. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Mindfulness with Art podcast. My name's Art, and I'm so excited to have you here to talk about some mindfulness. Um, today, I wanted to cover something that I... I definitely reference quite a bit here. Um, I talk a lot about how, um, how the, the mindfulness training results in sort of automatically um, a higher level of empathy and a higher level of emotional intelligence, which are enormously important for many, many areas of, of life. Um, you know, empathy and emotional intelligence can really be helpful in the workplace, um, particularly if you're a manager, but any, any workplace where you have to have people cooperating together, um, empathy and emotional intelligence by extension are enormously helpful, okay? You can, you know, certainly get so much more out of people who you're collaborating with or people who report to you or, you know, clients, if you're a salesperson or, you know, even somebody in a retail situation, you know, can get so much benefit out of, um, out of empathy and emotional intelligence with regards to getting the best result that they want. Okay. And I talk a lot about how these things are just sort of, um, 
sort of automatically derived from mindfulness training. And I want to explain what I mean by that today. Um, so before I get into that part of it, though, it's really important to discuss um, how, you know, there's, there's something I want to discuss first, okay? And that is, um, so when we sit down and we first start doing uh, meditation or even mindfulness practices, um, if you've listened to any of my podcasts before, you know that I'm uh, definitely... I advocate for a minimal amount of meditation, talking about 10 minutes a day. Um, but in addition to that, the real power of what I teach people is to, um, is to be present with all the things that they do in their lives, okay? So like whether it's the dishwashing at home or it's the uh, commuting to work or it's, uh, you know, even, you know, answering emails at the office, you know, the, these things can be done with mindfulness, okay? And, and with presence, I should say, with, with moment-to-moment awareness, okay? And, um, and it's in doing these things that a lot of times it takes practice, okay? And so what happens is when, um, you know, one of my favorite things to talk about with people is, is doing dishes mindfully, Okay, because or or taking a shower, that's an even even better one. Um, We all take a shower, you know, Um, you know, some people have dishwashers. So so therefore the dishwashing might not be as universally, um, you know, applicable. So but everybody takes a shower at some point. Right. And so when you're in the shower and you want to take a shower mindfully, you want to be present with what you're doing in the shower. What that requires is for you to um, to kind of, you know, Instead of thinking about, you know, maybe your to-do list for tomorrow while you're in the shower, um, or if you're taking the shower in the morning, instead of thinking about the work day that's in front of you, you know, what you want to do is you want to focus your attention on, you know, on the sounds that the water's making in the shower, you know, and there is such a depth of, of sounds <laughs> that the water makes in the shower. If you think about it, you know, you have the, the shower, com- the water coming out of the shower head, you know, which makes a sound, then it hit- makes another sound when it hits your body. And then you have all the different areas that the water's dripping off your body into the tub. And then you have the water going down the two, the, the uh, drain, and then you have the water dripping out of the, the, the spout beneath the shower. You know, these are all different sounds that are being made, and we can, we can really be present with these sounds and really discover how deep they can be, okay? So, so that's one example of how you would take a shower mindfully. Now, what happens is, especially in the beginning, okay, these... Um, these things are not that easy to stay uh to stay you know present with right off the bat a lot of times you know we we're dealing with you know and, and you've heard me talk about mental habits a lot if you've listened to this podcast at all and um you know right now we all deal you know we all work from a point of mental habits okay whether they're positive mental habits or not we are dealing from a place of mental habits okay it's just the way the mind works the human brain just you know it it works um on habit uh, you know, and that's something we can get into. That's a really deep subject. But, um, but anyway, most of us have the habit of being in the shower and we're, you know, we might be singing a song or we might be, you know, kind of rehearsing a, a conversation that we have to have, or we might sort of be, you know, rehashing an argument that we might've had, or, or as I said before, we might be going over a to-do list that we have that, that we have to prepare for at work or, or, you know, what have you, but it's always, 
sort of this, um, you know, a lot of people take the time in the shower to, to do this sort of, you know, thinking and, and, you know, and sometimes overthinking. So, so that's a mental habit. So, so in order to break that mental habit and to enter into a new mental habit that could be helpful to you in a way that, you know, like I'm saying, can increase your level of empathy and emotional intelligence, um, it requires some work. And it's not always, it's often the case, not that easy or automatic right up front. Okay. So, so what I mean by that is when you're in the shower and you're, um, you know, kind of, you know, you're trying to be present with the shower inevitably. And the same thing happens when you're sitting in meditation. Okay. It's the same exact process. Inevitably, your mind is going to start to wander. Okay. And when your mind wanders, the the trick becomes to to realize that your mind wandered, first of all, and then bring your mind back to the presence of what you're doing in the shower. Okay. Now I know it sounds easy, okay, and and it is, it's not it's not very complicated, but it's sometimes not that easy to sort of do, okay? And um and so so what happens is though now now I've also talked about in this podcast and I don't know if you've heard this episode or not but there's a there's a quality of the brain called neuroplasticity okay which has only been uh universally accepted by science uh for the last you know 30 years or so actually not even it's like 1995 so like 25 years um 24 years actually <laughs> um and uh so so the the idea of neuroplasticity is that is that our brains are malleable Okay, they are plastic. They're you know that that if we if we do something enough times with intention and purpose, we actually change the structure of our brain to develop new neural pathways or increase the size of various you know areas of our brain which serve various functions. Okay, and so so for that reason. There's, you know, it could very much be looked at in the very same way as, uh, as going to the gym. Okay. So like when you're, when you're doing meditation or you're sitting in the shower and you're trying to be present with it, right. Or if you try to be present with, you know, focusing your attention on your breath in the, in meditation, right. When your mind wanders and you realize that your mind has wandered and you bring it back, that is the same thing as doing a curl at the gym with a bicep, you know, like, like if you do enough curls, you're going to grow a bigger bicep, right? It's just the way it works. The same way is that if you, if you enough times you, you know, you, you find your mind wandering and you bring it back, you're going to exercise that, that ability to hold your attention into something. Okay. So, so that means that, you know, that, that when you start out, your mind's going to wander a lot. And so all you need to do is to sort of, you know, be persistent, and uh, and commit to the process of of improving and and through the repetition and you know like every time your mind wanders bring it back it wanders bring it back that's the same thing as doing push-ups or curls or whatever you are and and you're you're building your brain in a different way by doing that so you're literally sending your brain to the gym okay now. The way this applies specifically to empathy, and I'm going to get into a little bit of brain science here. I hope you don't mind. <laughs> um, but the way that that it, it, you know affects empathy is is as follows. So, um, so when when that moment comes when you realize that your your mind has wandered, okay, there's a specific part of your brain that is responsible for that action, okay, and that part of your brain is called the insula, 
Okay, I-N-S-U-L-A. And it's a little node inside your brain, and it, um, and it basically is responsible for, for understanding where your attention is. Okay, so, so at that moment when you realize that your mind has wandered, it is your insula that is activated and saying and, and letting you understand that. Okay, now here's the cool part. The insula is also very is also responsible for um for monitoring your for the brain's monitoring of your bodily um feelings and sensations okay so like so when you feel um you know like some sort of uh you know pain somewhere in your body you know it is your insula that is sort of transmitting that signal back and forth from your body to your brain okay your insula is the one that, that receives that signal and and therefore uh, and then distributes it to you know to the pain matrix or the or the pleasure matrix or or what have you but but it's the insula that's sort of the the you know the the real um player in that in the first step of that process okay and so now here's the thing so empathy okay and this is like founded on a lot of a lot of different scientific studies okay um so so they they've done a lot of studies where they show that um that the people who are who are most empathic or empathetic are the ones who are able to feel someone else's pain inside their own bodies Okay, so the more that you can feel someone else's pain inside your body, like you can identify it with a physical feeling, that is the person who's going to be more empathic. Okay, so now (laughs) stay with me here. It's going to make a lot of sense. I'm going to bring it back home in just now. Um, So if our if our bodies, if our bodily sensations are reliant on our insula, right, to understand that. And the and the ability to understand someone else's pain inside our own body, to feel it in our own body, is the increase of empathy. Then it stands to, you know, basically that means that that our insula is very much tied into the process of empathy, right? Because, you know, only when you can feel that pain, which is your insula feeling it, are you going to be able to really express and feel that empathy, so <laughs> the more we try to be present and the more our minds wander off and then we bring them back, which is the insula again, we are, we are then practicing and building up the insula. Okay. So when I say you're going to the gym and you're, you're doing curls with your, you know, with five or 10 pound weights on, you know, with your right arm, your right bicep is going to get bigger. Okay, so in the very same way that when you when you sit and try to meditate and you find your mind wandering and you bring it back every time you do that, it's like doing a curl with your insula. Okay, it's your insula doing a little bit of a workout. Okay, and the more you work it out, the more effective and the more strong it's going to become. Okay, and therefore <laughs> you're going to have an increase without even trying. And there are ways that we can try also and, and enhance this process. But without even trying, you are going to develop a better awareness of your internal body system. Okay, so so you're gonna you're gonna be able to be more in touch with what's going on in your body just because you've increased the power of your insula. Okay, so. 
what I'm getting at here is that, you know, the very process of, of, you know, trying to focus your attention, whether it's sitting in meditation and focusing your attention on your breath, or it's in the shower and trying to focus your attention on the steam that's building up or the temperature or the sound of the water, or you're, um, or you're trying to focus on doing dishes instead of thinking about, you know, what's on TV later. Um, when you're doing those things and your mind starts to wander, every time you realize that your mind's wandered and bring it back, that's the exercise of your insula. And the more strong your insula gets, the more empathy you're going to be capable of. Okay. Now, how does that apply to emotional intelligence? Well, emotional intelligence is essentially the ability to monitor your own and another's um, emotional status, okay, and, and to make adjustments to that in order to get the best outcome of whatever situation. Okay, so this is very, very highly tied into the aspect or the idea of empathy, okay, because, you know, again, empathy relies on you being able to feel what someone else is feeling. Okay, so, so right there, your emotional intelligence is tied into this and it's going to increase, again, whether you try to or not. It just kind of comes with the package, okay? Now, there are lots of, pro, uh, lots of different practices that, that will help enhance this process, okay? Um, there, there's some wonderful uh, specific meditations to, to increase empathy, um, you know, and emotional intelligence as well. There, there's a, a number of things that I can add on to this, but I wanted to just make it very clear that just these simple acts of, of simply, you know, doing the same practice that we're talking about here <clears throat> is going to, you know, not only increase your, your happiness because you're going to be present with it, but it's also going to increase the part of your brain which is responsible for empathy and, by extension, emotional intelligence, okay? So, so what I pride myself on in my program is to be able to, to allow my clients and the, the people I'm lucky enough to work with um, to, to not have to, you know, we're, we're all very busy, okay? And uh, that's my, my perfect client is the person who's too busy for meditation, right? Because, because I'm only going to ask you to do 10 minutes a day, which is not much, right? It's not like you have to do an hour a day and then you have to do this practice and that practice and this practice. It's really just about, like I said, whether you're in the shower or you're at the dishes or you're, um, you know, walking through your office. Like there's a way to, to walk through your office with presence and I can teach you that. Okay. And so my point is that just these aspects, these exercises alone with nothing else is going to automatically increase your level of, not only your level of presence, which is tied, which I've talked about in a previous um, uh, episode, which is tied to your happiness and your ability to become the best person that you can be, but at the same time, as a byproduct, you're going to increase your empathy and your emotional intelligence. So my point being is that without adding any stress of time to your, your lives, this can all be yours. And it's so simple. Okay. It's not that easy. It does require a little bit of effort and, um, and persistence, but it is really simple and it does not add any time to your life. And that is, I think one of the biggest things. Um, so anyway, I hope that all makes sense. 
And uh, if you're at all interested in any further discussion on this, I've always given my email address and my website and everything else. Um, you can reach out and get me uh, art, uh, artburnsmiles at gmail.com uh, or uh, you can hit me up on Facebook. I have a, a fan page called Mindfulness with Art. Um, and my wife is actually in the, my wife is now taking over my, uh, my marketing and branding uh, <laughs> duties here in, the, in the, my program. So uh, I'm going to have more contacts to come, um, different email address and different website and all that kind of stuff. But for now, you can certainly find me either at Art burn smiles at gmail.com or uh or just go to the facebook fan page mindfulness with art and send me a message there and i i would definitely get back to you and uh clear up any questions you might have about this and um and see if we can't get you started on this wonderful journey of transformation because it, it really is magic and and once you get a little bit good at it just like you know going to the gym the first time you go to the gym it's it's like you, you don't see how you can possibly get through 20 reps of this of this weightlifting you know uh set but after a few weeks it's like i can't believe this was ever hard for me you know and that's the same thing that's going to happen here with mindfulness all right so with that i know this was a little quick one i'm hoping uh i'm 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 really grateful for you to listen and i'm really happy to be here sharing these things with you and i'll be back again tomorrow with some more uh so until then i wish you well my friends take care <laughs>